All right. Okay. Welcome to... Oh, hello, Shane. Welcome <laughs> to Up Your Class with Nellie Thomas, uh, Dave O'Neill and Shane Lang. How are we, fellas? Good, good, good. Excellent. So Shane's, Shane's microphone's about to fall on him. <laughs> Dave O'Neill, how's your week been? Oh, I've had sick children and a sick partner, but apart from that... No one cares. Shane no, Lang? I tell you what, though, <laughs> you've been caring for your partner yes, who broke his leg or ankle. Yeah, or yeah, he did. Being he did. a carer, my, and you're a full-time carer. It's yeah. for a job. Yeah, it's my job, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's hard work. We're unpaid carers, Dave. We're the, we're the hard done by this scenario. You've got the one up on over me this week. It's <laughs> hard. Anyway. No, it is hard. And you know what? Since it's a class podcast, for those who haven't listened before, we put a class lens over everything. Yeah. Caring is class-based. Oh, I, I've done gigs for um, those guys, men and women that live in those houses where they look after kids that no one else will look after. Oh, group Cottage homes parents. and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they were all... Residential care. They were all working class people. And I said, <laughs> what, I said, what sort of people are attracted to this job? Because they're heaps of big Maori guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, um, you know, like those real solid earth women. Yeah. Like I always do this thing where I go, they, they wanted to do an activity to get everyone standing up. And so I say, okay, stand up if you've got two kids. And we got to about six or seven kids and still four women standing <laughs> up. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> but I said, what sort of people don't do, don't do this job? And the woman in charge said, you know who don't do this job? Anyone from a wealthy background. We've never had totally. anyone. Because all these, no. mainly women do it and some men. Uh, there's, they do this job because they've experienced stuff like this in their life. Or they've well, seen and also because like they, yes, and also because wealthy people won't work for $20 an hour. Yeah, yeah that's the... Yeah, big factor. that's probably the big factor. But the other thing, the other way that caring's classed is if you are, let's say you've got an elderly family member or you've got a kid with disability or anyone who requires care, if you've got money, you can pay for the care. Yeah. If you haven't got money, then usually the woman of the house, not always, yes, but usually, usually the woman gives up her income and job and, and, life. and aspirations yes. and does the caring. Or oh, like the royal family, you just put them into a... Institution or a basement or somewhere, isn't it? Like oh. they the royal family. Do they? Shane, do the families you work with, are they like, would you call them working class, underclass, middle class? All, Don't know. All of the above. Are they really? Oh, probably not upper class, but working class and underclass. Yeah. Middle class? Mm, yeah, maybe. Some mobility. Some? Some? So. Yeah, but all my clients get funding, so that they wouldn't be eligible for funding if they. Um, they might be under the isn't NDIS. NDIS is not income means no, tested. No, no, it's not means it? tested, no. But it is hard to get. Yes. Is well, it a big yes. process to get it? Well, it wasn't when they first rolled it out, but it's mm. got, starting to get more difficult because I think they're running out of cash. So. They didn't work out it was going to cost quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so now they're sort of tightening, tightening up. But there's a lot of paperwork. So it's all about support needs. And I guess if you come from a wealthy family that providing support, you probably might not be eligible. Or you may not yeah. bother with it. Yeah. Like, oh, it sounds... Or you've yeah, already it's been quite a demoralising process. Here. And Shane, how's your week been? My week's been good. Yeah. You had a rough weekend. I did. Yeah. I was, yeah, it was kind of nice, but a bit emotional. Am I allowed to give back story? Or are we, yeah, are go for it. No, yeah. Shane's sister passed away. I know. Rest in peace. Mm. Or whatever it is we say. Yeah. And so you had to clean out her house? Well, yeah, kind of. Sort take, of. Yeah, Deal with possessions. That's hard. I've actually never had to do touch wood. I've had friends and family die, but I've never had to um, be the person responsible for that. That seems really... That would be very emotional. Yeah, well, her daughter's done most of it, my mum, so I just swooped in and 
Vacuum. Grab, grab stuff I don't And I know it's a tiny thing, but she was very... I know she was so proud to hear you on the podcast. I know. She would love that Dev is on the She would. Today, yes. yes, our special I guest almost, today coming in Catherine, right now. She was now. a Catherine Devney fan. She Catherine was a Devney. big fan. Yeah, my whole family are. Yeah, because mm. she's rough trade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> are either of you going to ask me about my week? How'd your week go? Yeah, thanks. Oh, yeah, thank how? you. That the was kids nice. are back at school. <laughs> I had the week off. And oh, yeah, she, your holiday. Yeah, my, my holiday at home, my staycay. And I did two things that are class-related that I thought you might be interested in. One is I read Kerry Tucker's book. She was a white-collar criminal who went into prison. Oh, that's but the when title. I say white-collar, no. <laughs> it should have been, though. She was, she's definitely working class, okay. but it was fraud. So they call it white-collar. It's white-collar crime, yeah. Um, and I also watched the best show on television – which I discovered just flicking through the channels, which was uh, Gordon Ramsay's now gone into Brixton Prison oh. to teach the boys to cook. How's that going? I going to say dating naked or something. <laughs> oh, my God. I was in heaven because I love Gordon Ramsay because I love a swear, of course. Yeah, yeah, he's... And I love anything to do with prisons. Like, I'm Wentworth obsessed. Obviously, Kerry Tucker's Orange is in New prison. Black. I, Orange is New Black. I'm just prison obsessed. So, bringing Gordon Ramsay and prisons together. It's so, I'm going to put that on for Bring a Plate next week. Right. right. I love Gordon Ramsay. I love when he goes to those really bad restaurants in America. Oh, my God. And, and when he gets the, the, when he gets the jizz light out. You know what he does that? He gets the light out in hotels. He puts it over the bed to see if there's any sperm residue. It's like to see his food. (laughs) No, no, he doesn't always do food. He does hotels as well. Oh, does he? Anyway, that's Bring a Plate. Because this week, whenever we have a guest, we don't really do lots of segments. We just want to talk to our guest. Exactly. Yeah. Should we get her in? Let's do it. Okay. All right. And, of course, we are very... Should we... Drum roll. Our second ever guest on Up Your Class. What do we say about her? We She's say a writer. writer, comedian, um, broadcaster. A provocateur, is that a word? Provocateur. Enfant <laughs> <laughs> That's a word. That's two uh, words. Bike rider, mum. Social um, activist. Social activist, sex bot. What <laughs> else? I mean, it's Catherine Devaney. Yeah. It's so funny because, you know, when people read stuff out, because I just think of myself as really lazy with no talent and a yeah. total disappointment. And then people read That's it out. That's class-based stuff. And you go, it is. It is. And you read it out and you go, and they're going, geez, that sounds... Impressive. I feel, I mate, feel like a bullshit mate, artist. I actually did, even though I have known you for nearly 20 years, I actually did some research like yesterday going, you know, what should... And then I decided not to read your bio because you've done so much mm. shit. We'd be here until Tuesday. But you are very far from lazy. But when oh I my read, God. so we've known each other for about the same amount of time, and Dave too. Known you for a long time. And when I had to intro you for um, the retreat, retreats, yeah. I was going through and going, "Oh, that's right, she did that DVD." Oh, that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and you just go, yeah. "You forget stuff." Did don't you do you? a DVD? I did. I'll tell you about a that sex, later. It was a sex tape. Now, what oh. we have a thing. No, it was. It was. It was. It was a health Paris. One, it? It, one night yeah. in Paris. Shane, Shane could do with it. Let's just, oh, we'll get on to that. What um, could I do with <laughs> so A sex tape. A sex tape. I'm try, I keep trying <laughs> to set awkward. him up. But anyway, uh, so we have a policy on Up Your Class that we will not allow anyone who's middle class in the room <laughs> or like higher. So we've got a test. 
basically. So we're going to ask you to do the test first to make sure that you're bogan enough to be here. So Shane runs the test. Take That's it away. right, yeah. I'm, you, I'm pretty confident that she's going to pass. I think you'll be right, Catherine. Did you go to public school? Okay. I did. Where? Reservoir. Reservoir High? Reservoir High. But it wasn't like Reservoir High now. No, no. It, it, Reservoir High what? became Reservoir District Secondary, and now yeah. it's back to Reservoir High. So clearly the working class have got cred. Yeah. Cool. Have you ever worked in a factory, shop, or building site? Only. That's all I've ever worked in. <laughs> <laughs> Do you consider your house now where you do your writing a shop? I consider it a factory <laughs> and the kitchen a laboratory because I fed the kids last night, which shows that I'm getting um, to become a bit middle class. We had chivapta cheese from that shop oh in God. High Street. What's chivapta cheese? Chivapta cheese. They're Croatian or, you know, the show I'm calling it, but it's been there for longer than we've been alive. They have got fantastic English as a second language, cash only. It's called Vel... Cash only. And it does <laughs> bacon, is, ham, sausage. It's in High Street, Thornbury. But I made this cake. It was a chocolate cake. And it had a can of red kidney beans in it last oh. night. So when you say, do I no, think yeah, of yeah. my house as... I do. Yeah. It's a factory. But the kitchen, it's a laboratory. Because yeah, yeah, who knows yeah. what I'll that's cook up. That's very master chef. Beans though. in a cake. Yeah. Yeah, so beans. that's two out of two. Okay. Yeah. You've only got to get to five to be eligible. Chivapti is like a mincemeat kind of sausage thing, isn't it? Sort they of. only make them on Fridays and Saturdays. Oh. It's near. And it's, cash it's across the road cash. from um, Siracos. Oh, yeah. And oh, okay. I highly, highly, highly recommend them. Fridays oh, and yeah. Saturdays, and they're just delicious. Yeah. Okay. Done. Go on, Shane. Two out of two. Um, was your first car bought secondhand? Did you buy it with your own money? I did, and I did. And what was it? It was a Datsun 1200 oh. that, had, that had those Snap. kind of rally seats. Also, another great thing is that the... the the, war, the the window washers, you could tilt out so that they squirted people on the side yeah. of the road. <laughs> and it had – I drove everybody in that car because – Was it orange? No, it was, it was white. And um, so it was a Datsun 1200 and the registration was KVN – and my friends would see me at work and they'd say, I knew you were here because I saw Kevin out the front. And I didn't know who they were talking about. But they named the car Kevin. Kevin. And they would get into the car. What and all would start, Uncle Kev say? He'd love it. He'd love that. They'd, sti- they'd get in the car and they'd all sing, Kevin, I'm in Kevin. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Three out of three. How much was it? It was two thousand six hundred. It was an absolute rip. Wow. Yeah, and I, in the 80s? It was early 90s, so I actually took a year off to work in order to buy a car so I could go to university. Wow, that's a lot then. Uh, Where did you have your 21st? I had it in a hall in Carlton, and I paid for it myself. It was in Princess Street, Carlton. What sort of hall? Oh, that's a very, community. very. Yeah, it's a dusty community hall. hall. I've been very there. dusty. Do you pay that because we, yeah. we prefer a chain restaurant. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you or know home. what? I wouldn't have been able to afford that. There's no way. No, oh, no. Everyone pays for their own. So at the chain restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I'm so much of a peasant. I wouldn't let people pay for their own. Right. Um, I have, you know, eat, eat, we have plenty. No, no, you, you, to, we, you're, you're the arbiter. Does that pass? Yes. It does, all right. Four yeah. out of four. Four out of four. Um, have, have you or a close family member ever kept birds in the house? <laughs> <laughs> this is Dave's test. Love birds in the house. Budgies. I'm going to have to say no. Oh. We're not um, – our family are farmers on one side yeah. and just, I don't know, just, you know, workers Whatever. on the other – like railway workers, and we weren't big on pets. As soon as they moved yeah. away from the farms, they're like, 
Yeah, no yeah, way. Totally. Yeah, also, you've got way. to feed them. And they just, yeah, what a waste of money. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll go no. We'll go no. Fair enough. Yeah. Has anyone in your family done time or been arrested? Oh, yes. Yes. That's Do you, it. We want to elaborate? You've um, made it. Welcome, well, Bogan, <laughs> Devaney. You've made is, it. You've made it. You're the, eligible. The thing is with the arrests. Um, is it you? No, it's not. The, I wish I was. <laughs> with the arrests, I'm not supposed to know about it. Okay. But other members of my family turned up when my sibling was at court for stealing a windsurfer uh, <laughs> with his or her mate from Reservoir Heights. So anyway, I'm okay. not supposed to know about that, but yes, I do. But sure. clearly you do. Yeah. Well, we have got a, a litany of questions, but the first one that I want to ask you, clearly you're eligible. Clearly you, you, you come from rough trade. <laughs> what I want to know, because I know quite a bit about your background, do you consider your background working class or underclass? I think it would be better described as underclass. All right, elaborate. Um, it actually, my brother did, uh, I, I, I'm always kind of a bit confused because we know in the scheme of things how poor people can be. Yeah. So I think that because we had a house, it was a housing commission house for a fair whack of my childhood. and um, But you were housed. We were housed. Yeah, yeah. And even though we had the car, you know, repossessed and, you know, things were very dire at different points. I would say we probably toggled between underclass and hungry? working class. Um, we were never – yeah, I was hungry, but there was food. It would be – so I think at the worst it ever was, you'd be walking to school with clothes that didn't really fit, often that they needed mending, yeah. um, shoes that weren't right for the weather, often with holes in them, stuff like your good shoes with socks on them in the rain. Mm. Um, wake up in the morning, the water was down to drip because my parents couldn't pay the bills, so that meant it was say, very did slow. Your, did your, any of your utilities get cut off? Yeah, um, the water did, and I remember when, when a, any – the um, water. Got the water. Cut off. So they put it down to drip. That's what they could put it technically down to. So then you could drink. It was down to drip. It's like when you don't pay your internet bill now. They yeah, make it really exactly. slow. Um, <laughs> it's really not like that. Because the internet's as necessary as water. <laughs> well, you ask teenagers, it's, a, it's absolutely necessary. So there was some... Um, <laughs> so what would you call it? We were on dial-up water. Yeah, um, dial-up <laughs> Were your parents in continual <laughs> employment or were they um, It was work? very patchy. Yeah, right. So my mum was a qualified teacher but mm. kind of lost her nerve. My dad was a financial delinquent who was a quali- like a bookkeeper. He worked as like a kind of a... Um, And so he was just a lunatic and they decided that they were going to have a milk bar, they were going to buy this milk bar. And my mother really went the Catholic thing of, you know, just support the husband in whatever he does. And then coupled with her low self-esteem because of a lot of things, she went along with it and it was an absolute disaster. So there was – so then after that and we became – we were bankrupts, Dad was back – working as a pen pusher mm. and we knew when he was about to be sacked because he would come home and start talking about some bitch at work yeah, and yeah, some yeah, bitch yeah, back yeah. from maternity leave and then suddenly it would be like dad's unemployed yeah, okay. and so mum so is that true got promoted. or he was laying groundwork for the um, it probably he was a shocking misogynist yeah. so it was probably a bit of both so then my mum never went back into teaching really she mm. was working in hospitality mm. so it was patchy it was and, patchy. but you were in reservoir when it was working class reservoir you're in public commission housing yeah, yeah. You're at public school with unstable employment and very bills. unstable I'm, I'm going underclass not in a you, you know I don't mean that rudely I'm wrapped I mean <laughs> you've got the <laughs> most Mate, you cred. cannot buy my you cred you've got the most actually, cred actually Nell so I went to La Trobe University and like a lot of the 
people the very first in my you know yeah, in family. my family. That was our go. next question. And uh, but actually, I'll go back. So I ha- had to go out there last year. It was the fifty years of La Trobe University, and they sent me this thing of saying, "Oh, it's fifty years of uh, La Trobe University. We're going to profile fifty um, outstanding people from La Trobe." And I'm going, "Oh, great! How can I help?" They go, "Can you come in?" <laughs> oh. And I'm like, "I was like, Devo. I was 50. made. I was touched." So I rode my bike from the edge of Coburg through um, Regent, Preston, Reservoir to La Trobe, Kingsbury to La Trobe. Now, when I rode through there, I rode past the two main houses that we lived in. The commission house that we lived in, which is at 57 Whitelaw Street uh, Reservoir, is still looks like cars on blocks, smashed windows. But what was really interesting was one of the house that we lived in before that that we got thrown out of, there is, it was in Broadway Reservoir, and there was, um, what do you call it, like a nature strip in the middle. Mm. And for some bizarre reason, so I rode my bike down, and then I pushed it onto the nature strip to wait for the cars to park. And I was looking at a house that I lived in for, I don't know, five years. And for some bizarre reason, there was a um, signpost on that very oh. point where I was crossing the road. And it said, City, Latrobe University... Reservoir Station. So I did. I went in and did this recording with them, and I was talking to the fellow on the way out. I said, "It's really weird because as I rode here, like literally in front of the house I grew up in, it was like yeah, Reservoir yeah. Station, Latrobe, the Where city. Where are you going? My life. Lo- yeah. Catherine and they well. said, <laughs> I said, I tried to take a photo, but the wind didn't work. The the light wasn't working. Yeah. And they said, um, What's the address? And so they actually went and did a little pick up, oh. and yeah, it was pretty oh, cool. That's oh, that's nice. And they put it in the they put it at the end of the little thing that they made. Oh, that is very nice. So yeah. What did you study? So. Arts. I've got a like, very much like Dave, uh, yeah. totally useless. Um, I I say that I don't think we should be self-deprecating anymore. And I I no. thought about before Nanette, before um, <laughs> Hannah Gadsby, but I have a double major in cinema and drama. And I used to poo-poo it. And I hung a, you know, a lot of my friends are very very middle class, and they come from money, and they come from private education. And I would just do the you know taking the piss out of La Trobe and taking the piss out of my yeah, degree, yeah. but. Now, it's only been in the last few years that I realised that that taught me that I have made a living, a very good living out of what I learned doing that degree Mm. at La Trobe. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's more than I can say. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think think, uh, your class has affected your career? I do. And when I was writing in, I thought about two things that I could tell you. So I have just had a very big challenge that I've managed to pull off last week, which was... um, I've written my ninth book this time. Um, I've, co- I've, I've collaborated with a psychiatrist called um, uh, Dr. Steve Allen. I haven't seen his actual official title. No, so I checked yeah, it. He, no, he's um, real. And, he's um, real. They aren't, so a few interesting things have happened that have never happened with a book before. One, China's bought it. Two, England's bought it. Hardback. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> hello. Hello. Uh, yeah, hello. Frankly nice. We're English, so of course it's going to be hardback. And, we um, don't like things soft. But also, <laughs> Big W... Which hey. is basically oh, wow. Fossies. Um, Fossies. And um, oh, you might get some royalties, love. Oh, I know. You know what? Yeah. We have paid our advance already and the launch was only last week. And then they said, would you like to do an audio? Would you like to? We, we'll do an audio book. Yeah, really. So I'm talking to Steve. I'm a huge audio book fan. I'm mm. dyslexic. So it's I. It's faster for me to read to write a book than read it. Oh, my so God. I'm the t- amount of credibility over here. So <laughs> public lazy, housing, how lazy unemployment, <laughs> dyslexia. Yeah. Yeah, is 
there anything ding, else you want to share? You're um, like a funding application, just like emerging <laughs> from I'm the ashes. Rant. Hey, I am cis and I'm straight and I'm white and I'm pretty this much an strange. able bod, so I, I still see myself as pretty privileged. So um, Steve and I were talking about it and I said, look, I think we should get a professional because I hate it when books are read badly by, you know, authors yeah. or people that it's a bad match. So they asked us for a recording because we said, all right, well, we'll send you a recording of our voices and hoping that they didn't ask us. And me not thinking that I could do it. Of course you can do it. No, I'll explain later. That's not me being um, self-deprecating. There's a technical reason. So we sent these. We said, yep, we're happy for him, for either of us, both of us, or a professional, you know, thumbs up, please pick that. So we sent in these recordings and they said, we'd love you both to do it together. And Steve was like... Wow, it was much harder he than I thought. He sounds posher than you. Yeah, he Steve. does. But he's from Frankston. Yeah, he doesn't sound uber posh, but Frank he sounds posher than from you. Frank, yeah. yeah, from Frank. He sounds like a doctor. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But if you listen closely, yeah, yeah. the no, more beers he has. Yeah. Oh, yeah, back. Yeah, of course. So, because I'm dyslexic, reading aloud is super hard because when you read, it's basically like you're having all the words thrown at you at once and you have to kind of construct it. It's you're like not the, going word by word. Yeah, it's like mm. deconstructed coffee, having to put it together before you drink it. So I thought um, this is going to be super hard, and I said to them, "I'm dyslexic. I'm I'm I, I'm happy to do it, but you're going to have to double the prep time and payment." And for you know, thumbs up to Belinda. They said no problem. I did a sing out and asked, "Has anyone who is dyslexic ever read an audio book and can give me tips?" No one could. They went, "Oh, I know someone who who does a lot of reading, but there wasn't any." So I did it, and I was so delighted. Mm. And when I'd finished, that where I celebrated was the best fish and chip ship shop I knew <laughs> on the way home, Gaffney Street, Coburg, oh, and I yes, bought I myself five yes. potato cakes. Oh. Two king prawns, which I didn't even know you could buy at fish and chip shops, and um, sat in the car with a Diet Coke, but that's how... That is is Pisces fish and chip shop on Gaffney Street, Coburg, that I also frequent. Is that near the pool? No. No, no, it's the near the corner there. No, it's up near, I think it's called Blue, B-L-U, and it's a fish, it also sells fresh seafood, but I have oh, been no, longing for <laughs> to find... Because, you know what, chips are good these days. Fish is good. Chips are good. But they've dropped the ball with the potato cake. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they can get yeah, soggy. They are great. They can absolutely get soggy. How long did it take you to record your book? Oh, it was interesting because we've halved it. We've, yeah. So it's half and half. So um, I did six and a half hours and Steve did six and a half hours. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. So it's pretty good. But Dave, you asked, I've got waylaid and I apologise. Thank you for being so understanding. <laughs> um, you said, has working class, how does being yeah, working class. your career. In, 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 I, well, I want to add a question to that as a corollary to it because. Let's get back to that though, Dave. But yeah, it's the same, it's, it's related to mm. it, which is. You are often um, described as being, you know, various euphemisms for controversial, mm. basically, or a handful, or whatever you want to call mm. it. Do you trouble. think trouble? Hard work. Do you, th- in a negative way, yeah. not in the way that we love in this room? Do you think that class, gender, definitely is part of it? Do you think class is part of that? Um, what I would say, the misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would. I think it's kind of funny. It's like. Mate, you think I'm controversial? I'm like a white bloody woman who makes fucking chocolate cakes with beans for their kids. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I do. I think that, you know, when the whole age thing happened, everybody, people either said, oh, she's another good. Um, but, the, but there was a lot of people saying this is about gender. And I was like, this isn't a, this is a tiny bit about gender. It's far more got to do with class. So, yeah, I think so. And I think the middle class idea of what a woman is, is not you. 
Do you know what I mean? In a very stereotypical sense, a middle-class woman is not Stepford wife's too far, but they're quiet, they're not controversial, they appease, they are peacemakers, they are... It's um, true. What do you call it? Contained. But, um, and this might be going sideways a little, I have found, so when I was young, so I was young and I showed kind of a, you know, a kind of creative streak and I started hanging around with these you know, people who went to Melbourne Uni because I lived in Fitzroy mm. and the household was a Melbourne Uni household and mm. I just ended up meeting up all these with all these Melbourne Uni people. Mm. And then I worked at the Arts Centre in the oh, banquets there. And so with that, it's so funny because the idea of what the working class woman is, it actually has huge sexual appeal yes. to middle class and um, moneyed yeah. men. What's Architects. the song? What's the song? <laughs> the song uh, that we were talking what? about. The um, oh no, no, no common, people. common people. Common people. You know, by pop. Um, as far as like, you're the so, female version of Rough Trade. So I've always ended. I've always had actually a lot of like. Um, support in a, from the moneyed and the middle class and the kind of intelligentsia in a way. Mm. And as far as my partners, a lot of them have been like super. Like, mm. you know, I'm not sure how many girls from Esmore High have had sex with guys from Melbourne Grammar, but like... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder whether somebody needs to do that study. And I'm not talking about as I'm talking as like a 40 year old woman, you know, and stuff like that. So let's put that out on Facebook. It's a. There was one thing that I learnt when I was younger. So I went and so I met these. You know, I was hanging out with these Melbourne Uni people and. Their parents would meet me. And a lot of them would, you know, when you first are at uni, often you bring your friends yeah. home. Mm. Yeah. And I got invited to these super posh places. Yeah, I remember this. And yeah, they would, me. oh, she's so creative. And she and I was like... Isn't she fascinating? They, <laughs> they fetishised. And, yeah, oh, let's, totally. you know, come to my holiday house. And one thing that I learned was the middle class people are very connected and they've got money to buy anything. But creativity... And conversation and charm Mm. and friendliness was something they couldn't manufacture. Mm. They couldn't have a contact to get to and they couldn't purchase. Which another is a polite way of saying repressed, which is not all middle class people. But if you were talking cultural generalisations, those things are prohibited. You're not allowed to talk about sex. You're not allowed to talk about politics. You're not allowed to talk about money. Especially if you go to our phone with some of those kids. They went to those schools that were so... You had to have your perfect uniform. Yeah. Because we went to schools where in year 12 we didn't even wear a uniform. Mm. And it was all it was all mm. sorts of weirdo. Sagging and, yeah, up, yeah, yeah, up yeah. to exactly. pub at lunchtime. And so then when these kids get to uni, they just go, oh, my God, it's another word. You know, yeah. What? That's why a lot of them spend a lot of There's time at the pub. There's different rules. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder as Latrobe well has a pub in, too, in that. <laughs> Probably has eight now. My son is now there, third oh, right, generation right. Latrobe oh, University. Yeah. My mum got an arts degree after me. And so Dom's at Latrobe now. And my 15-year-old, who's obsessed with politics, and psychology came, you know, you know, just kind of comes out of his room like Crane the other day, and he's actually worked out an entire new political structure, which is called wow. leftist alternativism, and it's a kind of a version of socialism. He's a like a like a full on socialist, and our Dom, who's twenty, my eldest, he goes to protests and stuff with his Marxist mates, and. Oh, I was lying in bed going to sleep as he was out at this protest with his mates on Friday and I was saying to my partner, I said, you know, he just wants to end up in the back of a panel van. Like, he understands how easy it was to get young fellas to the army because at that age you just kind of want something. And we were laughing and he's got this friend Connor Scott who's um, Scottish and very thin with this kind of fair afro, the scofro we called it. (laughs) And and he's quite thin and he likes soup and he's a really fun guy. He comes... (laughs) He comes to school. 
Not everyone likes him. No, no, he's Scot. He's Scottish, and so the boys have got they've taken over the the shed, and it's called the Chuff Bunker. So the Chuff Bunker. I've been in there. Is where the, yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's a Chuff Bunker. So there's couches and political posters and knickknacks and and, and couches and Chuff. And so the boys come in out. So we know Connor quite well. So I will say, Dom will. I'll see Connor come in. The dog will bark. Connor will come in, and I'll hear Dommy walk out of his room, and I'll say, Tell Connor there's soup here. He goes, Why? I said, Just tell him. <laughs> <laughs> and he will say, oh, I love because he's Scottish, right? So the two of them in the Scots freezing cold soup, <laughs> Friday were off to this um, thing. And we we're talking about these, that they just want to see some actions. And Anthony's take was they should just both punch each other up yeah, and pretend totally. they'd been in the panel van. And I said to Dom the next Middle morning. Middle version of that is karate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah fight and club. Mm. I said, uh, how'd it go? And he goes, oh, I, a bit of my arm got hit by a bit of a baton. <laughs> So he's, I just like and he goes, and a bit of capsicum spray just kind of went past my face, and I'm just going. Mark, but I tell you what, the Scottish working class—they will bloody throw down. Like they have oh, a much tough. stronger sense of of class yeah, and, and consciousness pride. and pride. Maybe anyway. But I want to go back to the career thing. Yeah, I think it's really important. And One of the things I wanted to ask you it, it related to that is so let's say it doesn't matter who it is, pick a, a media institution that you've been involved with or a, mm. anyone really. And I wonder if there's part of, oh, Catherine, come to our lovely holiday house and be charming and wonderful and be interesting and be you. And then once you're there, just not that much like yeah. you. <laughs> yes. mm. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. you went a bit too far. Yeah, really? That's mm. why you fucking asked me here. Mm. Like, mm. do you think, do you see it well, that way? Well, I suppose the thing is that it's been a long time since, you know, I finished up with The Age in 2010, so that's eight years ago, and I really haven't done much work with the ABC since 2012. And so I'm just so far away from that stuff. I've never... So I think there probably was a little bit of that. Um, and I think most of any of those workplaces' responses to me were actually, had actually not to do with what they thought of me, but the what their readers and viewers and listeners thought. Mm. And well, just what like, some of them thought. Well, that's right. And it's just <laughs> yeah. like, well, this disproportionate amount mm. of of um, negative feedback must be correct, so we must respond to it. Because part of the reason that we all, us three, decided to do this podcast is not... I mean, there are some... Obviously, uh, Dave and I have both been done media work. Like, mm. there are some... Um, avenues for people with working class backgrounds in the media, but there is quite a bit of that. Husey. Come in, yeah, Husey, Husey. Come in and 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 do that. Just do it like we do it, though. But show me a working class woman who has made a living, be without turning into. So the only one we could think of, which was our first guest, was Michelle Laurie. Uh I can't mm. think of, I mean, everyone Well, Virginia, else. Virginia Trioli went to state schools, but you wouldn't pick that. Yeah. So if you're kind of openly working class. Mm. But I do want to get back to the question about um, my work and my career mm. and my financial situation. So I look at both of you two. I don't know you much. Yeah, no, I know the article that Nellie wrote about you and Nellie and I have talked, so I know a bit about you, but I'm just talking from a creative He's point got a proper view. job is why he's yes, here. Yes, he has. I know. <laughs> Can you loan us some money, mate? Um, no. <laughs> I've always looked at you two both as very, we're just carnies. So how has it yeah. affected me? Yeah. We've been carnies like... Because so, the three of us will take any job that's well, offered. Well, d- <laughs> as you said, you got a bit of, you've said it to me, and one of my other friends, Des Dowling, said to me, you're a bit of a hustler. Mm. You've yeah. got to go there and hustle a bit. Um, and the thing is that because we grew up in, 
You know, I grew up super poor. I was collecting cans at 10. I was selling my Kramay owls door-to-door to pay for my grade 6 cam. Well, my parents couldn't afford it in, yeah. in year oh, grade 5. And so it was really... It for was, you to go to camp. Yeah, it was really... Yeah. It was a very stressful time. Um, and mum and dad were not there very much. We were looking after the little kids. There wasn't much food We've just there, so you know, because stuff. you wouldn't know the background to this, but we've established now basically you and Shane had it the hardest. I was next and then Dave's practically Posh. like... Posh. Posh. Yeah, well, Princess my... Margaret over there. Yes, yes. Well, my parents were working class, but they were aspirational. Yeah, but yeah. your dad. But they was bought a... a beach house, for example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Poor my dude. God. No, we're in above ground. Yeah, though. I had yeah. a hose. <laughs> your da- Dave, your dad was in the army, and your mum was Air a Force. Ha- yeah, 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 and, and your mum was, was a housewife. Wife. Yeah, right, so yeah. Um, <laughs> it's all pretty much on the same scale. So it was really dire at that time, and they just couldn't afford it. I didn't even ask. I just yeah. threw it in the bin, and I just remember that day of all of these kids leaving, and me just there back with the migrant kids because they were the only kids who didn't go to camp and I just felt so um, dejected neglected and you would have gone through this now being in the position now where like I've got more money than my parents have ever had and so have Mm. you and my kids are at schools where that's happening Mm. and I'm that crazy white lady going up to the parent going would you like me to pay for camp Mm. but then feeling like an asshole thinking, what if they just don't want to go to camp? Mm. Oh, and I'm yeah. just like patronising. Well, I've got camp was just camp was my idea of heaven because it was organised. I didn't have to do any chores. There was no angry uh, or depressed mm. parents. My kids, the middle one, he doesn't mind it. The big one, the little one, hate camp. Yeah, that I one never went on camp. Hate camp. And you I didn't just go on camp. No, I didn't. Pa- no. Part of me, you're a weird my child. My parents though. wouldn't pay school fees, so. Yeah, that's my true. father wouldn't. So. No, good for sticking it. To yeah, the man. he said education's supposed to be free. No, so, uh, my, he was yeah. just died. <laughs> so my point, working class wise, yeah. is that I've just growing up in that. I didn't grow up with the father as the protector and the provider. No. The only way, if you wanted something, if you wanted to go to the movies, if you wanted a duffel coat, if you wanted to go to the football, if you wanted in your duffel a, coat, in your duffel coat, if you wanted. Um, makeup, hair gel, you anything don't sit like there that. waiting for someone to no. call you going, Catherine will give you a book deal. No, you go and you and don't hustle. And you don't you don't ask your parents. I can honestly say my parents, and this is not a whinge, this is just accurate. My parents have not ever given me one cent. Yeah, and my wow. dad is dead. Like there was mm. no money there. No inheritance. And so probably a tax bill. Which is mm. fine, yeah. which is absolutely fine, but I'm just accurately so I grew up and I see it. I don't want to glorify suffering because a lot of women think that a husband is a financial plan. A lot of women grow up assuming that someone will financially support them. I have never, ever for one second thought that anyone or even when I was at at a uni, I didn't get any mm. um Tease or or study or any of that stuff. So I grew up, and it has really kept me in very good stead. Do you know one of the things that we us three have talked about in terms of people? Because Shane's in disability care, but he's also done artsy fartsy stuff. And all three of us have talked about that thing of having friends who were quote unquote poor because they decided to be writers or artists or whatever. But there's always this unconscious thing going. They know an inheritance coming to them. You know, or if the shit hit the fan, oh, the bank of mum and dad. Oh, yeah, I've known people since my very early twenties who have never really, and they've been female, all female. Men generally have gone through life. I'm not sure what it's going to be like this now. Just assuming that they will be financially independent and they will have to pay to support other people. And I say that's how women should think. As well, I mean, I also mm. am a huge fan of the universal basic income and stuff. Mm. But there's all of these women who just yeah. go through life thinking, oh, "I'm never going to have to 
you know, I'll just go, they'll say, oh, well, my husband just earns more. And so he works and I look after the kids. And I go, well, what was your... What was your plan B? And they go, sorry? And what about when the kids are gone? What if he, like, there's just a million questions. Mm. So I'm very grateful. I'm grateful I've been able to be financially independent, but I'm even more grateful than I've been able to support other people. You're grateful for your desperation. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, being able to, being able to send money to charities you support, Mm. causes you like, individuals who are having hard times. You don't know mm. what an incredible thrill to have enough money to mm. be able to help someone out. Like, mm. yeah. we, so this group. Well, when you know, when you know what it's like not to have money, to be able to help someone out is a thrill. Oh, but I find I don't know about you guys. The people who've got the most money and have always had it, they don't do no. that. No. Have you noticed that? Yeah, no, yeah, they don't yeah, talk yeah. about money. They don't talk <laughs> no, that's about so it. That's so true. <laughs> Some of, the, some of the really rich people have that old-fashioned thing of helping charities. But yeah, a lot but they're don't. like the MSO. The oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they don't go, well, oh, Deb, so you haven't been to the dentist in five years. Can company. I pay for you? There you have know? been a lot of my friends in the last few weeks who've hit hard times. and there's Just in the last few weeks? Well, particularly, so um, two very close friends lost brothers within a week of each other. Oh. Um, one and two cancer diagnoses, one terminal. Now, one of the people who I'm referring to is a close friend and the couple is a close friend of a whole lot of us and there was this big discussion on how we could help them on the thread and there's dinner ladies that you can get meals Mm. sent to them and cleaners and what can Mm. we do and I said just cold hard cash and so what we've done we've set (laughs) up this fund where and we all are just um, giving whatever we can as often as we can and I said give them a set amount on a regular day so that's what's happening and so so many of us Oh, well, managing you mean it. let them decide what they do well, with the money? Well, that's the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. the idea of, <laughs> of, of oh, um, no, I'm not going to give you some money. Because um, you might uh, spend little, it on cigarettes. Yes, that's exactly. Right. And, yeah. I'll, you know, it's like, can I buy you a piece of fruit? <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah. I'll yes. tell another story. and It's about a very close relative of mine who can is. Can I uh, just put my hand up for a question? But because I'm going to forget it, though. Dom is 20. Have you bought him a car? No. And have you given the kids money? Would you give them money? No. The way it goes at our house is that um, – because I didn't have pocket money. I thought it was really important for them to have pocket money. I thought Mm. this out – like so, they had chores well before. No, they don't get paid for chores. You, you, you do. But what's what do they do for the pocket money? Or they Nothing. just get a regular amount? They, so they exist. You, yeah. you do chores <laughs> in a house because you're part of a household, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right, yeah. Game, and you yeah. get pocket money to help you learn to budget. So you're 15 year old now. So what's his pocket money? Zero. So we he lives at home. No, no, no. The way it goes is, and they knew this. This system's confusing me. <laughs> okay, the system goes: when you start school, you get double your age every month. So you get ten bucks a month, and then when you mm-hmm. become six, you get twelve dollars a month. Okay, all right. And oh. it goes up to fifteen, and then when as soon as you turn fifteen, you get zero. You get a job. That's what uh, you get. Yeah. And so where did then, Dom get a job? Uh, he had a job working in a chemist. Yeah. And then uh, oh, dishwashing at La, at La Luna. But Hugo, the middle one, who is who like was the a, one that used to call the other ones lazy? Was it the middle one? The middle <laughs> one. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's always the middle well, one. Well, Hugo, <laughs> it, some kids want to sing, some kids want to dance. Hugo's always wanted to work, so he got the pocket money, and he's had a job since he was ten. So he worked is in he a cafe after it? school. No, oh. he just likes having a job. It's actually not about money yeah, he likes working. so he got a job at a cafe two nights after school um from the age of 10 to 13 and then he had his own pavlova company 
called Hugo's Pavlova. <laughs> Well, he wanted to, Can you know, I buy one. But did he's he make no, pavlovas and sell them? Yes, he did. He made them from scratch they were quite and sold hard them. To make yeah. Well, yeah, he's a really, yeah. good, he's a, he's a pretty good handy cook. And so then he worked at Domino's um, delivering because yeah. he was, he, he went, oh, I'm 15 now, I'll get a job. Worked at Domino's delivering, and yeah. then now he um, works at the Bouvier Bar because um, he did his, um, he did his work experience at La Luna. And they said they offered him a job at, at the Bouvier Bar because they said so we need made, someone. So you've made workers. Well, but yeah. are you are you paying uni fees, for example? Yeah, well, that's actually a really good thing because, because so Dom finished school, yeah. and so then I said, right, you do haircuts, um, phone, travel. That's all yours. This is what you pay for. Yeah. So when yeah. you finish school, um, if you do VCE, you don't have to do anything till the first of February, right? Yeah. And then you go to uni, and you don't pay board, or you work, and you do. But all kids get, all the kids at my house, get a six-month travel pass where you can live at home and save but only for travel. So these things were... Yeah, so they're conscious. These were not things that I've just made up now. They were right back there. And I thought it was really good... Because we didn't get pocket money, like I nicked money from my mum's purse. I mean, it's terrible, but oh, I, I just didn't. Of my mum's purse. I just didn't. <laughs> I, oh, none no, of those kids. Of well. really? n- none of those kids have ever like. And when there's been stuff that came up like that when they were in primary school and stuff, they said, "But why would we steal money if we've got our own?" And mm. I have. Um, a but very, also, that's di- so I mean, you didn't you, have to spend your and own. And you've got you've got a really like loving, uh, nurturing, generous, full. Full-hearted household. Mm. So a kid in that environment doesn't even have to think about whether to steal money. Oh, can I... Now, I want to just tell one more story. Yes. But get me back to... I want to tell about a sibling and we've got who is very minutes. private and the marshmallow test. Yes. So that's the way it went. So you asked a good question, am I going to pay the uni fees? Mm. So when Dom started uni, his dad and I thought we were... I stole books from Latrobe Bookshop because I couldn't afford them. Mm. Yeah. So we both, Mars and I both thought it was fair that we paid a third each for out-of-pocket stuff. Mm. But I've actually since thought, and I've said to the boys, my plan is to pay for your university. Anything you pass, if you finish a degree, I'll pay for And they said, why? And I said, because I got free education. I don't think it's fair that anyone should have to pay. I am an activist and mm. there'll, there'll be more about my it, like I'm, I'm going to public life fairly soon, which is another story, which I can't talk about yet. Um, I am an activist in this. I vote this way, and on a small scale, I can do this. But I'd love to pay for complete strangers as well. I'm very happy so, for you to pay for uni. Um, I just, yes. I just yes, don't, Shane. I just yeah. don't think it's fair that anyone should. And yeah. I'm just, totally. I've still got a hex debt, mate. Yeah, see, I just like, think it's shocking, and so yeah. so have you. No, I just finished playing. For um, Did you? Yeah. So oh, I wanted. I know we've got five minutes. I wanted to, you talk about middle class. So a sib, uh, at one of my close relatives, who's a little, who is quite private. So I'll try not to divulge too much about this person. Um, just name, date, birth, and address. <laughs> a very close like relative. <laughs> um, someone came into my Gunners Writing Masterclass who worked with this relative wow. and said, I loved working with your relative. Yeah. It was the highlight of my career. When there were funding cuts, it was extraordinary because that relative all that relative cared about was the workers being treated properly, properly and being paid out correctly. That was 
that relative's number one focus. And I said, that's a working class upbringing. Do you know what it reminded me of? When mm. I interviewed Dave, when I did the Radio National thing on class. Oh, yeah. And I said to Dave, what, what is working class? And he said, it's how you treat people. Yeah. yeah. And it was exactly, and I just went, that's working class background. The marshmallow mm. test, which is very well known, which is the idea that... I don't know. You I can, don't know. Okay. So it's a very well-known scientific test. Oh, yes, I you do. You can tell mm. how successful someone is going to be as a child through whether they can hang out for delayed gratification. Oh. So oh, what yeah. they would do yeah, is do they, would, they would yeah. leave it like a, it. a five-year-old. You need it. I'd eat it. You need now, it. hang on, let me explain it to the listeners who may not know this. So <laughs> a five-year-old in a room with one marshmallow in front of them, they said, if you don't eat that marshmallow, in 20 minutes I'll come back and you'll get two marshmallows. And so they said that this determined how well people are going to go mm. in They've in now life. debunked it. They've debunked it because they actually found that the it was done at a university. The kids from a um, uh, families with a full pantry and lots of mm. treats and kind of food security and predictability, they were able to wait because they weren't worried about... They weren't hungry. getting one tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the kids... <laughs> The kids are going, I'll fight you for it. Yeah, and like even my my place, so Dom's a bit like me, but I still eat like I'm in, there's enough food for four people and there's eight of us at the oh, table. Oh, I can't, like we've talked about, you know, my mum did shopping on Friday and there would be no more shopping. So yeah. if there was a pack of Tim Tams, my brother and I would fight. Yeah. Literally, that's Shane's phone, would fight for it. So I can't buy Tim Tams now because I'll just eat the pack. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, just, I, I eat really fast because yeah. if we didn't finish you a dinner do. before everybody else, they hogged into yours. It's, it's true. Yeah, or the second you know, there was no chance of the second. Yeah. Dev, can we keep you for about another three minutes? Because we only do one segment every week. That when we have a guest, we don't do any segments except this one, which is we guess the class of a person based Ooh. on no information. Because I, we would like you to join in with this. So, Dave, who have you picked this week? Bill Shorten. Oh, Buffalo Bill. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I was reading about his background and his dad was a union leader. Hang on, we've got a guess. Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Don't tell us well, the truth. Obviously, leader of the Labor Party, former union rep. But that doesn't mean he's working class. He's always class. down at Beaconsfield Mine with his bomber jacket on. Yeah, but so is Malcolm Turnbull. He's aspiring working class. Yeah, I would say aspiring working class. That is a perfect description. Do you think? How do you think he grew up? I think he is. Um, I think he grew up um, private school educated. Parents struggled to um, yeah aspirational. Um, wanted to like that migrant family story where you put yeah. all your money into status it. anxiety. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure what because I, I think his accent. <coughs> I reckon he's got a bit of a working class accent. He has it's got a very very yeah, I think so too. He's got you know he's got a twin, which I find really oh, interesting. Yeah, he's got a twin. He has I'm a twin, and I've never yes. never seen him. Never oh, seen him. He never that. comes oh, have up. You? <laughs> have you? Well, okay, yes. <laughs> what do you think, Shane? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think he's uh, trying to get working class cred. But I reckon he I grew up in a working class thing. area because I, I actually I believe the accent. Okay. All right, Dave, tell us who's right, who's wrong. He's. His dad sounded working class. His dad was a union official and waterside worker. His mother, however, was a lawyer and university academic of uh-huh. descent. Oh, a bit of both. He went to Xavier College. <laughs> is that how you... Okay, bit of both. What so out for you? He, he must have grown up in Malvern or somewhere around there because that's where he sort of went to so, school. So interracial marriage, which is an outdated term, but we need one for interclass marriage. Mm. 
there. Yeah, I would, I would say he's middle class. Bit of class. both. Bit of both. Oh, I'm saying a bit of both. Bit of both, okay. I reckon if his dad was a docker and they were both in union movement, I'm, mm. that's a bit of... I'm with Shane I mean, and his Xavier. brilliant term, um, which is aspirational working class. Aspirational. Yeah. Right. yeah. AW. <laughs> AWC. <laughs> Catherine Devaney, what an absolute delight it has been to have you on Up Your Class. Where can we get your wonderful book, Mental? This is my ninth book called Mental. It's about mental illness and you can get it anywhere you normally get books. Go to W. But, well, I would prefer you went to Readings or yeah, Brunswick yeah. Bound or yeah, the Sun yeah, Bookshop yeah. or something like that. But also, um, I'd prefer you went to Big W because, you know, I bought it over it's down the road. Oh, it's just a bit... <laughs> it's, location is part of privilege. Go to Northland um, Shopping Centre. North, Northland. Northland. Buy a pack of Winnie so. Blues and a pack of... And Mental. Yeah, and by, but I'd really love you to swing on by to my website and check out my writing masterclasses, which I'm very proud of. Kathleen and I now run these fantastic retreats, which I just want to oh do that gosh, for the ring. They're awesome. Aren't I they incredible? Yeah, a Unbelievable. Of mine was on your last one. Oh, really? Who was yeah, that? Shelley. <gasps> Shelley. Oh. I spoke at it. Sorry? I spoke at it. You spoke oh, yeah, at yeah, it. Special she told me, guest. Yeah. Shelley is one of the greatest enthusiasts and smiley people in the world. And Nelly, you were amazing. You were so busy and you took that long drive. And ah, it was just your it. marvelous. I'll do any gig. All right. So next week we will be back. Uh, we don't. Yes. We have a, no guest every second week, so we'll yeah. be back with what would Uncle Kev say. Um, we'll Some guess plate. the class. We'll I'm going to put. We're going to. We're going to. Ladies bring a plate, but ladies being all of us, we're going to talk about Gordon, Gordon Ramsay. Ramsay. And we're going to talk about Praise B. Praise B. Which and I know Catherine described a Handmaid's oh, Tale as Brunswick Mum's Christmas, which is the best <laughs> tweet the I've best seen all year. Quote. And you're going to give us a Rosanne update. No, was the, the last episode of the second yeah. season. It's it's Brunswick Mum Christmas tonight, ah, boys. Don't disturb me. <laughs> All right, thanks everyone. Where do you, what Dave? You got to do the promo thing. What do you do? Like like? Oh yeah, yes. ma- like subscribe. subscribe. What do you yeah, do? Like, leave a comment. Give us a review where you get podcast. All right, we're out. Thanks everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.